Welcome to the Black Delegates Podcast. Today's date is July the 8th, 2018. Uh, I am your host, the Black Ryan, and my co-hosts today are Ghetto Fidon. What's good? What's good? And the box wine poppy himself, Paul. What's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? All right. So, let's see. We can get right into it. We don't have any kind of house cleaning or anything like that to do. So, uh, let's get straight into this week in blackness. So, Paul, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, it's been a week, man. You had the holiday and everything. So, how was your week? My week was good, man. D- didn't do too much. Nothing nothing special. Nothing notable. Uh, watched, a, you know, did some fireworks with the kid. Man, my, in the neighborhood I live in, like it's it's in the suburbs, so I guess they're allowed to have fireworks out here. Man, some people went all out, man. It sounded like literally gunshots out there. Every, <laughs> it, and it, it was crazy, man. Just 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 going all the sounds so close to the house, man. And so like we tried to put the kid to bed around 8, 30, 9 o'clock or so like that, even after we did our little fireworks. But man, they were going out there to like 11, 12 o'clock at night. Them things were still going off. So it was that was a good day. Uh, but not much going on, man. Watch a lot of soccer. This week, you know, watched the little World Cup, so I don't know if that that, that counts as being in, in, <laughs> doing anything brown this week. But I watched a lot of soccer, and uh, today, man, really, really got into that story about those those kids. Have y'all been following that story? The the kids in the in the oh yes the yes, I wanted to do that. Yeah. I wanted to do that for my story this week. To be honest, dude, man, I, like I've been I've been yeah, we can talk about it, man. But I've been I've yeah, been yeah. like straight glued to the TV since I, I woke up. You know, I, you know, I work crazy hours or get up crazy hours. So I was up at like four thirty this morning, so I I came downstairs, you know, made me a little cup of coffee to kind of turn the TV on, and I've been following it off and on, you know, last week or so like that. Real interested in it. But, uh, you know, when I first got up, so I put, put it on CNN and, man, they, they started talking about, you know, and I uh, started talking about it uh, and saying they were, you know, the mission had been underway. So then I, you know, started scrolling through the, the timeline. And, man, I just been pretty much glued to the TV all day long, just kind of, you know, trying to check it out. It's kind of it kind of slowed down. And, you know, obviously, that since they got the four kids out this morning, but, man, just. Oh, they just got some out? Oh, okay. Last I saw was Yeah, Friday. no, man. Yeah, they got four out this morning. But they, they now they're taking a pause, like, for, like, 20 hours to, like, uh to like reach, you know, get all the the divers gear reloaded and stuff like that because they got to go back in. But they so took they out didn't. The four, but they, they took out. The they didn't do anything so crazy. So all they did was dive them back out because I know they were talking about they might have to stay for four months and crazy stuff like that. Well, it's man. So like it's crazy because it's 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 it like the, it's monsoon season there, and I guess monsoon season doesn't end to like September October. They right. were saying, and so it's getting ready. I guess there was like a few days where it, it slowed down, but now it's picking back up, and so they think that whole cave will be underwater. That whole area where those kids are at will be underwater, and maybe in a couple of days. So, oh, okay. They, they're, they're, they, they're basically the the governor of that area of, of Thailand basically said, like, you know, this is D Day. We got this, this is now or never. We gotta we gotta move. So, they but supposedly they took the strong the four strongest kids and got them out first. So even though it's it's looking good so far because they got could four go out, bad quick, but could go bad quick because you know because the because there's there's nine others left in there and the coach I guess the coach was in, maybe in the worst shape. Because I guess he wasn't giving his food, he wasn't eating any food. He was giving it all to the kids to keep them alive. But you know now they've had food there. But anyway, they got to get them all out. So I don't know. Just I'm just been glued to it. I'm definitely gonna be glued to it tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of bad stuff in the world, man. But just a story like that, man, definitely uh definitely hit my heart and uh, made me feel some kind of way about it. And definitely, uh, man, pulling for those guys and those those people that found him, man. If you, if you saw that video of the yeah. like the two British dudes that like you know just rolled up, I mean just. Man, that's a, that was that's an amazing video just to have those kids just just be alive and all be sitting there in that in the dark and how they got so far back in there because they must have been trying to get away from that water and they were showing like the passages they got to go through like there's yeah, one man, part it's, crazy. it's like it's like 15 inches wide man so they got they're gonna basically 
man, I, I, I did a little bit of like, you know, like, um, in, in the army, they made us do like a little bit of like, you know, digging underground and like kind of crawl, like, you know, crawl under things like that. And I never had like no panic attack, but man, you definitely, you know, something that tight, you definitely feel super claustrophobic. Like you feel like, man, I can't get back out if I, if I'm, if I'm up in this tunnel. And so I just can't imagine doing that underwater with a, with a mask and being 11 years old, man, I'd be like, right. Ooh, but yeah, getting dark. Yeah. But, but on the, but on the jokes, <laughs> if that was me in that cave and I was like little kid, Hey, you know, they, all the, the kids, I'm sure they're going to get to go to the world cup and all that good stuff when they get out. But don't you know, my mom would beat my, ass. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom, all the them letters they've been sending their parents, like my mom, I would write my letter to my mom like, Oh, I want, you know, I want to get home and get some McDonald's when I get home. My mom would write me a letter back. You know, I'm going to whoop you <laughs> when you get about that tunnel, right? <laughs> And I'm sure she would do it, man. So, I, I, you know, shouts to, you know, everybody out there, you know, trying to get these kids out. It's, it's just, it's really impressive and just amazing they can do it so fast. But if that was me, my mom would definitely tear me up for having me. And she would basically tell me for for having me up on TV looking like a fool and getting lost. She would beat my ass. Right, right. Prayers to them. And, uh, yeah, just to, so y'all know what we're talking about, it's the 13 kids. They were a soccer team. For whatever reason, after practice, they decided to go into these caves and uh, got caught in some flooding and, and ended up stuck up in a cave about a couple miles in. So uh, in Thailand, right? Thailand. Thailand, yep, right. Thailand. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. All right. Prayers, prayers to those guys. Prayers. Yeah, yeah. Definitely thoughts and prayers to them. So uh, I'll go next and we'll save Ishmael for last. So my week in blackness. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about these old man ailments that I woke up with. So y'all know when you become a man of a certain age, you just wake up hurt. I don't know what happened. I feel like I've been hooping, but I ain't did nothing but sleep. Uh, Friday morning, I woke up. I was feeling fine. I think I was brushing my teeth and uh, my back started hurting. And I was like, what's that? Didn't think nothing of it. But by the end of the day, I was I was kind of I was pretty stiff and painful. I was in a lot of pain. So, you know, I had to pull out some old, old prescription meds that I shouldn't probably be using. But uh, I felt I That's needed some prescription stuff. strength. Yeah, yeah. I always I hoard that stuff. Whenever I really get hurt, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, give me that. Let me get that." And I just keep it for when I really do need something. But um, I had to pull out some meloxicam and took that, uh, trying to help my back. And then this morning, I woke up, man, my, my shoulder was hurting for no apparent reason. Like my my shoulder sprained. Ain't done nothing. Is so, the back uh, still hurt? Yeah, a little bit, but I'm I'm all right. I'm moving now. I know uh, Friday or Saturday morning. I ain't no way I would have been able to even come downstairs to record. Like that's how bad it was. So yeah, man. Once you, once you mess up like the back, then all of the like like your neck. You, I mean, susceptible to throwing everything else off because it, it just it just it's all connected, man. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I've been there, man. Yoga. I do yoga, man. I, I just do it like put on YouTube, find some yoga videos. Not nothing too weird, but just some just some basic stretches. Yeah, that, shout out to shout out to Fat Guy Yoga. I do I do look at a dude called it's called Fat Guy Yoga, and he just just a fat dude doing some yoga. So shout out to him. I have done it a few times, but I need to increase my uh, my viewings and do it a little bit more. But you probably um, need to do a yoga pod. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it'd be the worst. It'd be the worst pod. It'd be the worst yoga pod in history. <laughs> right, I mean, man. Every time I go there, every I've, I, I've gone to yoga classes. I'm an old gym. Oh man, I feel so, I always feel like a like a creep in there. Every time I go in there, I feel like a creep and a weirdo, and I hate it. I hate going. But you are a creep and a weirdo, so you. Should I am feel a creep right and out. a weirdo. Yeah, but man, look, I be trying to like, 
I was trying to put like the blinders on. Like I wish I had like some blue blockers. I could just look down. Man. But, I, <laughs> but every time I went in there, I'd feel like a total weirdo, man. Like let the be... record show that I've gotten plenty of texts from Paul after a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would always feel like a weirdo, man. Just it, 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 if you're a dude going to yoga class, it just if you, it just never feels comfortable. But hey, but it, it does. It can help your back. Can help your flexibility. So I encourage people to to, to try it. But that's why I got to, into the YouTube because I was like, man, I just don't like. I don't feel comfortable in the class. So I, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna do it in my house, man. And I and I like that a lot better. So I, no, nobody's eye eyeballing me. I don't have to worry about passing gas up in there. <laughs> All the important things, man. Paul being <laughs> looking like Borat. <laughs> oh, exactly, man. With the with the with the the, the, the speedo on. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right, but the, the real weekend blackness uh, was at the barbershop on Saturday. Me and Trenton went to go get our hair cut, and, uh, man, a bunch of topics came up. I can't talk about all of them, unfortunately, because I feel like it would be a whole show if I really talked about it, and I don't think I can give this dude justice, but, you know, every once in a while you go to the barbershop, and that one crazy dude is saying the craziest things ever where the entire barbershop is involved in this conversation. It was one of those situations. Dude talked about... Cadillac convertibles, man purses, and then he was sock shaming up in there. He was actually sock shaming. Sock so, shaming. Sock shaming, yes. So, quickly, the Cadillac convertibles was one of them situations-ish where you talked about you had a guy at your church that was pronouncing stuff wrong. That was this dude. So, he was up there. He kept talking about, yeah, man, I got, you know, I've been working on my car, you know, but I, I want to, you know, I got a Cadillac. I need a Cadillac convertible, blah, blah, blah. He kept saying it where I thought he actually wanted a Cadillac convertible. Right, right. Get your and he was drop like, top. Yeah, yeah, Candy, get your drop top, you know. Style. You know, yeah, weather was great on Saturday, you know, feel the breeze, you know. I, I was thinking that. And then he was like, yeah, man, ain't y'all ever had a, a project car? And he was like, a project car? He's like, so your Cadillac is your project car? And he was like, no, nah, man, I don't have no Cadillac. He's like, I told you the car need a Cadillac convertible. And he was like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, you mean a catalytic converter? <laughs> <laughs> so all this time this dude was talking, he needed a catalytic converter on his car, not a Cadillac convertible. So that was pretty stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then we talked about man purses. Because a uh, dude was talking about, yeah, man, I had my, my bag on. And so, you know, they had to make fun of him. Like, oh, oh young buck, like, what you, you got one of the man purses? And he was like, oh, yeah, I got a man purse, you know. Sometimes I keep two of them. He's like, I keep one on my back, one on my waist, you know, because you never know what you're going to need, what you're going to need to put in there. And we like, man, are you serious <laughs> right now? Bro, he was bragging on having a man purse. He went into some other stupid stuff, and he was talking about how all these guns he got and how he need to put them in his purse. And he's like, yeah, and you're going to get shot. You're going to be dead <laughs> reaching in your purse because you ain't got time to be reaching in your purse for nothing, bro. That dude, man, he was ridiculous. But <laughs> the sock shaming I thought was the dumbest part of it. The dude was going in on people talking about we was old because we ain't have cool socks and all this kind of stuff. And look at your socks. They just white. Like you, you just got Hanes socks on, man. He's like, man, look at me. I got these striped socks on, man. They go with this. They got the the what's name on the bottom. He's like, uh, matter of fact, sometimes I wear my girl socks because they just got one pink stripe on the bottom, and you can't even tell. And I was like, bro, like, are you sock shaming up in here right now? 
That dude <laughs> felt the need to go around and he was making fun of all of our socks. So shout out to that dude at the barbershop, man. It was the most entertaining barbershop <laughs> time I've had in a long time. I didn't even want to leave as long as that dude was yeah. there. I felt I should just yeah. stay. Yeah, hey, I wonder. I, sometimes I wonder if the barbers, if they give dudes like that, like, here, I'm going to give you a free cut. You just come in and basically entertain <laughs> the group and you got cut yeah. for free. It was just like yeah. the, the shop entertainment. Yeah, man. It felt like that. He might have been a plant. I think so. Yeah, yo, I'm not going to get too specific, but uh, just going back to the, the, the man purse, like, uh, yo, man, I cannot, I cannot stand the rise of the man purse, but... Related to that, the also thing I can't stand is the fanny pack. Have you noticed like fanny packs? Fanny are packs are back. Caleb bought one. Back. Yeah, Y'all, Caleb went got one specifically. No, come on, man. So, so look, man. At work, we got dudes. <laughs> we got we got a dude, and we have, like at work we do have dudes that carry guns. There are dudes that carry guns uh, at my job. They better. And uh, and so <laughs> I had to go on a. This is this is years ago, but I had to go on a, 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 a like a you know a, a work assignment with with a dude, and so we're up in there and. Uh, <laughs> one dude, so they have they're, they're, those like some dudes are required to carry guns, and so they carry they carry the guns. I'm not allowed to carry a gun, but they carry guns, and so you know they got it on them. Or don't like, need you know, to carry. Like, it's kind of like I always like to ask like where they got you know where they carry it out or whatever like that. Most dudes, you know, the older dudes, they usually have the the sports coat. So whenever you see a dude like in some hot weather, we were in a, I think we were in Vegas this time, and so you know you see a dude in 112 degree weather, he got a sport coat on. That means <laughs> that means he's strapped. That's that, that's how you, when he's working with us. That's how you know. That dude's strapped because it's 112 degrees outside. Ain't nobody supposed to have no sport coat on. But this dude, this one other dude, he 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 usually carries around a fanny pack. And I was like, you get no street cred for carrying around, carrying the gun around in the fanny pack. <laughs> that is like the weakest look ever. And so like that dude, I, like at work, I'd always joke on him because I can't respect him. But that's how he rolls. He rolls with the with the gun in the fanny pack at work, man. And I'm like, nah, man, that's not cool at all, man. You got to get like the the ankle. You got to get the little ankle. You know the little strap or the or the, the the side holster. You can't you can't have the fanny pack, man. But hey, now, phenom, I know for a fact that you got a satchel. You got a satchel, right? A satchel. Yes. I'm gonna I say a satchel, it. not a man purse. Is that I a hemp? Is that is that is that like a, a hemp woven fanny pack? Is this what this is? is no, this I I have a <laughs> laptop bag. My laptop bag is well, it's kind of a convertible bag, so I wear it as a backpack. But you can also just carry it like a regular, you know, I guess satchel laptop bag that goes over your shoulder. But I wear it as a backpack, so yeah, I don't, uh, I don't roll with the, the bag on my shoulder, hanging off like that. I don't, I don't rock with the LeBron James look, man. I just go with the, with the backpack. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a fanny, I don't have a man purse, but I do have like this. Uh... I don't know. You know the company called Toomey. They make like bags and stuff like that. But I got a bag. It's like a it's like a little mini book bag, and I take it whenever I go on trips. And so it's like that's it's not a fanny pack, but it's or not a purse. But it, I don't know. Some some people have some of my like co uh, coworkers have called it a purse before. And I do not appreciate mm-hmm. that. It's not a purse. It is a book bag. But <laughs> yeah, most people that have man purses don't consider it a man purse. The rest of no, us this- that call you out on it. I'm gonna take a picture. Yo, of this but this dude, this dude was representing though. He was like, yes. He specifically said out his mouth purse like three or four times. And I told him, I said, man, even if I was down with this bag, I would never say out of my mouth the word purse that I got one. Well, and he was dude, just like, look, man, call you what you want to call it. It's a purse. I need my stuff in it and this and that. And I was just like, dang. Yeah, Dog, that I remember dude the first time. Clearly trying to be trendy. You know, he making fun oh, of yeah. y'all socks. He wearing the man <laughs> purse loud and proud. So he just 
He just into that metrosexual movement. He just like, look, I'm embracing it. I'm trendy. I'm hip. He probably got a suit with the shorts, you know, that people wear nowadays. So that's, that's just him. He just want to embrace that trendiness. He's fashion forward, as they like to call it. Man, the first time I saw the the, the man purses was uh, like 2002, 2003. I went to my sister's graduation at Howard. And so this was Howard graduation, man. There were man purses everywhere. I had never, you know, I had I hadn't been living on the East Coast anymore. I'm down in South. They ain't riding with the man purses down in Tennessee, no. but up in DC, those fashionable dudes, man, they all had them. And I was, I, I was like, what is this? I mean, they were huge. Some of them were like, they were like, they, it was a woman's purse, man. It was, there wasn't no difference to me. It was a woman's purse. I don't care what nobody said. That was a woman's purse that dude had with them, with his matching outfit. And I was like, that is. Hella whack, but but what can I say, man? I'm washed, so I don't know. All right, black delegation, we vote nay on man purses. No nay. man purses, get them out of here. All right, out. <laughs> All right, so this week uh, headline, let's get into the dang, white collar crimes. My black Did I skip? Huh? Oh dang, <laughs> just skip me, just forget. <laughs> Whitewash your weekend blackness. Whitewashed it. Mm. <laughs> That's because it was tough because I forgot we were going to put you in there because your weekend blackness goes in with the last thing. Why don't you do white collar crimes then? Um, nah, that I don't know if I researched all those as well, but yeah, let me go into my weekend blackness and we'll go sort ahead. that out. <laughs> yeah. So I got. I got two items, and I'll try not to draw them out because we almost 20 minutes in already. But uh, the first one, this is like an open letter to Best Buy. I need y'all to get y'all sales representatives. They got to step their game up. So I'm trying to think of what day this was. Maybe Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, had to roll out to Best Buy. I went on my lunch break. Because I'm like, I'm looking at some new alarm systems. I had way too many false alarms with my old one. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to roll up to Best Buy, check out what they got. It was a new system that was coming out earlier in the week. I wanted to check that out. So I go up to Best Buy. I walk in, go to the alarm section, looking at all the alarms. I see the one that I really wanted to check out. It was there, you know, played with it, tinker, tinker. I look down on the shelf. There were no boxes. So I'm like, okay, I know this just came out. So I'm like, either they don't have it on the shelf or maybe they sold out already. So I look for a representative. Nobody's in that area. Went over to customer service for a second. I was going to ask them, but they were, it was a line and they were just taking too long. So I walk back over to the alarm system and I see what appeared to be three Best Buy employees over, you know, talking about something. It was a black guy, a white guy, and a black lady. Well, I found out mm-hmm. later as I approached them, the black lady was just a lady wearing a blue Best Buy colored shirt, but she was actually <laughs> a customer. So the black guy and the white guy are helping her. So I go up, I ask them, I say, hey, you know, I want to check out this alarm. Do you guys have them in stock or did you sell out already? So the black guy first to respond, and he's like, oh, they don't make alarms, uh, the company uh, that I was looking at. I said, no, yeah, they do. I said, and you actually have one right over there. He's like, no, no, you, you must be talking about something else. And I said, no. I said, I actually just looked at it. And then the white guy's like, no, no, he's right. You know, they, they do have an alarm coming out, but it's not out yet. It's not for sale yet. I said, well, so I was on your website. It said it was available today. I was just over there looking at it. I just didn't see any boxes, so. They roll over. The guy rolls over with me. 
you know, pointed out to him. He's like, oh, yeah. So he looks on his phone for cuts to maybe about 90 seconds. He's like, oh, yeah, this, this does say it comes out today. I'm like, yeah, I told you. So then he walks over to like a manager. I know this is a manager because the guy, he's not wearing the little blue Best Buy polo. He's wearing a button down. So he goes and conferences with this dude. And yada, yada. So meanwhile, the black guy comes over. They both left the lady that they were helping when I uh, approached them. So the black guy comes over, and he's mad now because he's looking at the alarm I was looking at, and he's like, man, they got me out here looking bad. You know, I ain't even know this came out. They ain't tell me nothing about it. And so the black lady who they were helping had come around, and she's looking, and she's mad because she's like, I asked y'all about that, and y'all said that wasn't out yet. And the black guy, he's, you know, defending them. Man, I'm sorry. You know, they ain't even tell me that, blah, 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 blah. So it was just like utter chaos. So finally the white guy comes back over, tells me they do have it in stock. He's going to go grab one for me. I'm like, cool. So then the black lady's asking the black guy about this alarm system who he didn't even know it was in existence. So I step in, I'm explaining like all the features, like what this box has versus this box. And I'm sitting up here breaking down the whole thing on this alarm. So I'm like, you know, the guy brought me my package back or whatever, got it, boom, hit it out the door. But I'm like, I need commission for my own sale and I need commission (laughs) for that black lady if she buy it. Because y'all didn't know nothing about this. And I feel like every time I go into Best Buy, it's that way. Like the people don't know Man, it's been like that since the beginning of time. But they they don't get commissions though, do they? I don't think they get commissions anymore. No, they don't. So that's why they don't care. There's no incentive for them to know this stuff anymore. But that's always been the problem with Best Buy. Like, that's why I don't, I don't really even go there no more, man. You can't ask anybody in any electronics department at any store, really, for any kind of help because they won't know. If you go to the, uh, the stereo section, I will say that if you, not, not that I I buy a whole lot of high end electric stereo equipment, but if you need, have questions on that, those dudes, generally are pretty knowledgeable that whoever's back in there usually knows that stuff at least uh, that at least my experience with that but all the other stuff yeah you're right it's just you might you just look up yourself man I, in fact i don't even i don't even do that and best buy i just buy, buy this stuff online and pick right. it up in store that's all i do now i will and shout I, out guitar center because guitar center does know uh about their stuff because when i was looking for microphones back in the day when we was rapping dude gave me a lot of information yeah. Oh yeah, because those dudes are music. Those are those are music junkies. Yeah, that that's such sense. a specialized store. But anytime you get these big box stores, uh, I was talking to uh, a family member. It was about Home Depot. He said the same thing. Like Home Depot, they just hire Trash. guys. They don't really train them. They don't know anything about that. No, stuff. no, no, hold, no, no. That's, this is false. Which there's a trick to this. In Home Depot or Lowe's, man, you got to find the old, the oldest person. Find, right. find yeah, the oldest, the oldest person. Find the oldest white dude. <laughs> That looks like he ain't done nothing but like hammer and drill stuff his whole right, life. Right. And now he's and ask that dude. Just find, go find that one dude. That dude will tell you like, oh yeah, that's that. You need you need a, a three eighth bit uh, a millimeter you know screw for this or something like that. He'll he'll give you all the detail. He'll break it all down to you. Don't don't ask that lady. Don't ask any lady. And no offense to the ladies out there. If you know your stuff in Home Depot, all good. But don't don't ask them. Don't ask that's the young dude. Sexist. Ask the old grizzled very dude. Sexist of you, Paul. <laughs> right. Email Paul at boxwinepoppy at right. gmail.com. That's right. Hey, send me all the smoke. Yeah. You can't I mean, send there's always me. an exception. There's like one or two people that know everything in the store, and then everybody else knows nothing. So uh, Best Buy, I'm going to need you to step your game up. The second thing, and this is really, uh, really odd and, and should be brief, but so Saturday after I got done hooping and – I hoop in on the west side of town, you know, it's basically in the hood. 
And so got done hooping. I'm leaving out, about to head back home. And as I turn out of, we hoop at this YMCA. As I turn out of the YMCA, going down the street, and all of a sudden I see like, I see a hearse first, and the hearse goes past. I see a couple cars behind there, so funeral procession, right? And then maybe four cars back behind the hearse, I see a car or it's an SUV, and it's like folks hanging out the windows <laughs> on every every window except the driver. Like the back three windows is people just hanging out the sides, you know, just rolling, you know, just just kicking it, just hype. So I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then there's like another regular car. And then the next car, more people hanging out. So there's probably 20 cars in this funeral procession. And I say at least 12 or 13 of them. You know, everybody was just hanging out. They swerving, you know, through all the lanes, you know, bumping music loud. But they just, like, having a party. It was one dude that was straight ghost riding. Like, he's sitting, he's driving, and he's sitting on the driver's side window, like, swerving in and out the lanes. So I was like, first of all, I was glad that, I beat that and I kind of got out the way, but I'm like, that's that's really the first time I've ever seen that. And I did do, I did go on YouTube, and I did see a couple other instances. So I guess this is just something that people do now. But uh, that that was my first time. That was the most hood funeral processional that I have ever witnessed. Yeah, that is wild. That is wild. Do we want to get into the top? Do you want? Do you want to want trans trans uh, uh, going no, into yeah, the topics yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. So, we'll go so, ahead, so, so related to that, that, I got a I got a story. I can I can I can I can piggyback off this. So we're talking about funerals. So uh, this week, uh, BBC News had a story. I never heard this before, but there's actually in Africa. Uh, I'm not sure which country, but there are women that are paid to cry at funerals. And so these ladies, they go to your funeral, even if they don't know you, and they're basically actresses, and they will cry at your funeral. And that is, that just had me feeling some kind of way, because it's like, man, that's, that's wild. I never I never knew that was a thing, but uh, I was reading up on it more, and apparently it is a thing all across the world, like in other cultures. I guess just not in Western culture, but in Africa and Asia, uh, this is a very common thing. India, in fact, uh, very common to have paid mourners. And so I just want to ask the black delegation, would you guys, have you got, would you guys, would you guys feel, feel weird if you went to a funeral and there were paid mourners there at that? And would you want that at your own funeral? Well, I don't even know if you could tell, because it, there are certain funerals that I've been up. to where I feel like that person ain't really crying, that that person shouldn't be crying that hard. You know, like it's not, it's not even a relative, it's like, yeah. Your spouse's co-worker's cousin funeral that you had to and you doing all that weeping. So I feel like some people just do that anyway. They doing it for free. Like you might as well go ahead and get a get some get business a cards and sell yourself out. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 a different culture. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> you definitely can't call them out. You can't be like, are you faking right now? You can't seriously be crying at hard. Like, you know, because that's inappropriate. But um, but you what know I wanted at my funeral, I'm going to say, uh, let's go out on a limb and I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I want, uh, because I need to know who's really there for me. I don't want you to feel like you're at my funeral because you got to be there just like to show your face. If you don't really want to be there and you ain't really sad, don't even show up. It's cool. Nobody going to remember. 
I ain't tripping. But my wife gonna get some... my wife gonna get what? that bag and she gonna move, probably marry another dude or something. You know, it's whatever. But what but, happens becomes like a cry off. Like what happens is like the, the the paid mourners, and then you can't you can't the, the the family the real family can't let the the paid mourners outdo them. And then it gets into all the theatrical. It could be like a like a like a cry off in there, man. It, it, but I like guarantee. I do guarantee I because I, I do know a couple relatives that may or may not listen to this podcast ever, but <laughs> they will probably beat any professional crier <laughs> when my time comes if it's before them. Can't tell you why. It's just one of those things. <laughs> they, they need that and they just one of those people. Yes, yes. But, Maybe but hey, could. this this could be the new the new side hustle, man. I mean, we should bring this into the United States. We could we could get this going and 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 and. In St. Louis, we get this going, man. You know, professional criers for for funerals, man. These girls, all these girls in the video, no disrespect. They all look like they're eating healthy. I know they're hitting that buffet up extra hard. You know they're hitting that that that, that coming home uh, service wow. <laughs> buffet extra hard after the thing. So uh, this could be like a movie. This could be like wedding crashers, but you know, like funeral crashers, man. Which are some ladies that go crying. This the, I, I see so many possibilities for this story, man. I see Yo, a movie. If you are a professional funeral choir. Hit me up at the Black Delegates on, uh, you hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, and I'm going to just start taking one with me when I go to funerals, because I'm kind of like Jay-Z. I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I'm going to just have a paid crier with me, and then when it comes time to cry, I'm going to just look at them, and I'm going to let them do their thing, and people going to be like, man, his guest, you know, she really was feeling it. <laughs> you know the family be talking smack about these paid criers when they when they leave too. I because I know my wife and we were at a funeral and, and these these girls were there. <laughs> She'd be talking so 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 now, petty about them because I know I've been to a funeral my wife and like it was one of her relatives and uh, there was like another relative that was there and like uh, you know how like the minister when they're like giving their little their little speech or their sermon and at the end of every like sentence you know they're kind of making a point or like that but there's always like one dude in the funeral that's always like going mm-hmm, yes lord or something like that <laughs> my wife was like and the dude did it like 30 times my wife was like well you should shut the hell up <laughs> so that's i like going to black funerals uh just for for those little little moments like that alone <laughs> right you always yeah, you start going it. to a black church bro that's uh, regularly every week I'm gonna hit yours up. I'm gonna hit yours up one of these days, man. I gotta go in there, go up in there with my. Uh, <laughs> Whenever you in town, way. everybody, everybody at church loves you, man, and they like that we want to meet him. So, but you, but you know, I'm gonna bring a little whistle and say like, wrap it up. If it's football Sunday, you know, it's about about when kickoff comes around, about thirty minutes before kickoff, I'm gonna be like, wrap it up, <laughs> man. Thirty go. minutes before kickoff, we still singing songs. What you talking about? Ain't been no yeah, sermon. Pride just getting started. <laughs> Yeah, can't be there, man. I'm about to roll up out of there, man. Ryan, the evangelist, he like, we are gonna save your soul, Paul. We are gonna get you. Man, I'm being right. there the whole. Look, you better have Wi-Fi in that church. I'm being there with my iPad and some headphones on, just just watching the game and like looking up, uh huh, and just doing like they do. Mm, yes, yes, Lord. Mm. <laughs> just keep on going. That's all I got, fellas, man. It was it was a slow week for me, man. But anyway, so yeah, funeral criers, man. That's uh, that might be my new my new side hustle. I need I need to uh, pay for this kid's uh, college fund some kind of way. So I, I, if anybody needs a professional cry, I will come to your funeral and cry. No problem, man. Well, I, I'll definitely do that. Well, Paul, before you jump into this new side hustle career, I'm gonna go ahead and move into our white collar crimes. It's our segment Uh-oh. where we talk about people who have the cops calling on them. Ryan got the the little audio, the new audio going. Yeah. 
So the first story on white collar crimes, I'll do this, Ryan, you can take the other ones, is Morning While Black. So what happened is a family was in a church, the Archdiocese of Washington. Well, that's the Archdiocese of the church. They were in St. Mary's Catholic Church in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. They were having a funeral, but somebody accidentally knocked over a the church's chalice, which is a religious wine cup, and the pastor got a little pissed off. How pissed <laughs> off? The pastor kicked him out of the church. Not only did he kick him out, he called the police to make sure that they were escorted out the church. He said, so, get the hell out the church. Get the hell out the church. <laughs> so before you jump into that new business venture, just know, I mean, you're a brown person. Brown people get the same treatment as black people a lot of times, but you better be careful because they might call the police on you. <laughs> right. Right. And our second... Our second white collar crimes is swimming while black. Uh, in North Carolina, a white man called the police on a black family at the local pool because he thought that he didn't think they were rich enough to be there. Hashtag ID Adam. Right. Despite her having the uh, swipe card to get in yep. and having uh, he asked her for her address. She gave him the address verbally, of course. Uh He's like, yeah, that is in this neighborhood. He didn't think that was good enough. Asked for a driver's license. And she was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. So he decided to call the police and uh, stood there. The police did uh, handle it properly. Uh, unfortunately, they did make her go through all the steps of swiping her card and all that kind of stuff and then let her into the pool. So, yeah. yep. But that dude got that dude got fired. He got, he fired, got fired from fired. his job yep. for that. Yep. Oh, did he? And wow. he, and he, and he, resigned from the, he resigned from the HOA. So so there was oh. a little bit of justice there. Yep. The, the part of the video that was funny was at the end when so after the cops had come and they basically, you know, settled everything. She, the lady pulled out her card again, swiped it to make sure that it was good, which like my 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 uh, subdivision has a, a pool and that's how it works too. You got like a little key card, you put it up there. If it, if you paid your dues and everything, you're up your current, it should open up. So so once they did that, the dude was like, okay. But then the dudes, he was still trying to double down. He was like, if you could just give me an address, that 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 would be great. And it was like, or you know, that that'd be nice if you could give me an address next time or something like that. He just he wouldn't let it go, man. It was it was wild. Like just like dude, you got you, the cops are there. You're on camera. You're looking like a fool. They they, they t- they're telling you nothing's no problem. And you're still trying to double down. That's what was what his job? Do. do you know? I, they they said the name of the company. They didn't say exactly what his so job it's just was. A, but it, okay. it was a large. It was a it was. It seemed like it was a fairly large company or a national wow. company or international type company. But I don't know exactly what. But it wasn't too far from here. It's like an hour and a half north of here in Winston Salem, uh, North Carolina is where they actually happened at. So kind of kind of crazy story. But yeah, the dude he, uh, he's definitely suffered the repercussions mm-hmm. of that. That's and I believe that right was uh, on the 4th of July, too. So on Independence Day, this man saw a black lady and her child in the swimming pool. I was like, you know what? Got to call the police. They got Dog, I, don't go to, I don't even go to my subdivision's pool on 4th of July. Because everybody's off work. Everybody goes out there on 4th of July, man. I've been out, I went out there last year with my niece on 4th of July. Man, it was so crowded. We couldn't even find a seat in there, man. It's like just everybody comes out. So like, why would you expect to like recognize every single one of your neighbors? Right. Out there, like, like there, there's gonna be people you just don't recognize. You don't know who, who's, who's, who's wife, who's, who's living with somebody else. Then just, just let it slide, man. Hey, Chill out. ID Adam was like, I would recognize that black one, right? <laughs> like, I see black. And the lady had an African accent, so you knew she yeah. was, you know, she was, she was, she was definitely black. She had that, she had that real heavy African accent that she was, you yeah. know, I don't know Nigerian or what, but uh, yeah, man. But she was, she was going in on him on that video, man. It was pretty funny. She, she wasn't playing with that dude. It's repercussions, right. y'all. It's repercussions. Ryan, what's the last one? 
White Collar Crimes number three, Campaigning While Black. Oh, yeah. A, uh, a local uh, black representative in Oregon, which if you see a black person in Oregon, you probably should have gone to cops. I, but, I, I, no, I, I'm I, can't blame him. I can't blame him for this one. I can't blame him. <laughs> I don't know no black people live in Oregon. But hey, she was uh, going door to door campaigning, asking people for their support. And uh, a white person called the uh, cops and said that she was spending a little bit too much time on her phone in between talking to people. Right. So the cops were called. We need to have a segment, a, a follow-up segment to, to White Collar Crimes called uh, White Devil's Advocate. <laughs> We're alt-right Poppy and alt-right Ryan. <laughs> That's just the everyday podcast anyway. That's go ahead, that, man. Yeah. Go ahead and go ahead. Paul, I have actually, I have actually I, said that in a conversation before. I was said I would never say it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, like, this, this is ridiculous. For the, for the one in the church, though, man. <laughs> What if what if what if when the when the what if they put lean in the cup, man, and then they knock it over? I'd be upset too. I might have to put Racist. it outside the church. If the Racist. <laughs> Racist. You don't exactly. know what they're doing. It's, it's just gonna kick my ass next time. Yeah, let's let <laughs> let's let Paul out of this one easily. So we just won't even talk about what he just said. <laughs> All right. Next topic. All right, fellas, it's just something that I heard in conversation probably on another podcast where they were just talking about uh uh Magic Johnson and being in L.A. and how great of a businessman he was. And one of the hosts on the show said that uh, Magic Johnson was more successful than Michael Jordan in business. In business, mind you. And I just thought that was a pretty interesting topic. I thought, you know, Michael Jordan seems to be uh, the the number one businessman in as far as athletes go in my eyes. I know Magic has a lot of things going on, but uh, do y'all think that he would be considered uh, more successful than Jordan? Well, I think it depends. Or go ahead, Paul. No, no, go ahead. I'll let you go first. I think it depends on how you define successful. I mean, when we think about athletes who have become businessmen, Magic Johnson is especially the one for black folks where – Magic is the one that made it. He got the Magic Theaters. He's got a bunch of different business ventures that have been successful. So we feel like he is a very good businessman. Now, when it comes to Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is probably three times as wealthy as Magic Johnson is. Now, Michael Jordan, most of his wealth has come from what? Number one, Nike. You know, Jordan, brand Jordan, where he gets like $100 million dollars every year just based off of how well uh, Jordan brand sells. So Michael Jordan was able to market himself better than any athlete in the world. And you see LeBron James now is coming up. He has a similar uh, type of just endorsement bang for the buck or endorsement value. But Michael Jordan is the GOAT in sports marketing ever. Uh, And so much so that I think now his – his net yeah. worth is like $1.65 billion. Bees. So, right, bees. But if you just if you if you wanted to start a business and somebody said, all right, you know, start a business, you could either get the help of Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson. Who are y'all picking? That's the interesting question. Yeah, I, for me, it's like, I mean, it's kind of like what you said. Like, My, Michael Jordan, all his stuff has come from come pretty much from basketball. I mean, let's be honest. He's not really, like, he's a great, like, like Nike did great with his image and everything like that. But just 
on as a person alone, he is not a great endorser of any like like I'm not like oh like this dude's never really excited to nothing. He just got he just got Gatorade commercials, some weak Haynes commercials. Yeah, come those, on, those, bro. Those, tra- those, those, those commercials Bacon are trash. Necks. Come on, yeah, Bacon man. Necks. It's, 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 like he's not really like inspiring or anything like that. But he just he hey he was the goat, uh, and you know he and his relationship with Nike and you know the shoes that they really you know really you know built around him I mean that's that's where his money come up, comes from and so yes he's he's much more wealthier uh, he owns the our, the local team where I live out here the Charlotte Bobcats but he's kind of he's not doing a good job running the team honestly uh, <laughs> trash so, GM but he's an owner he's, 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 you know, he tra- got you know, with he, Dwight Howard so and, and, and but let's also let's remember this dude's worth 1.3 billion dollars let's let's Six, remember that this dude's probably five. squandered let's let's do let's let's say let's let's say this dude's wandered squandered you know half a billion maybe a quarter of a billion in gambling and just other dumb things over his entire life like so that I mean, he, he was a, he even more even successful than we give. Yeah, he could be even more successful. But Magic, <laughs> but Magic, you know, he went out west, and you know, he got with other companies, and you know, and so so I would say from a you know, holistic business sense, okay, even though he's not more, he doesn't have more money, but I guess yeah, he's 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 taken stakes in other ventures, and they've worked out for him. But the reason he had to do that is because Magic didn't play as long as Jordan. I mean, you know, Magic's obviously his career was cut short; he couldn't play as long. So hey, how's he going to make his money last? You know he's got a family, and you know he didn't. Of course, he had other complications. You know he didn't know how long he was going to live at that time. So yeah, hey, yeah, let's go into some other ventures. So maybe it was by necessity he had to get in some of these other things, like the the the, the 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 movie theaters and things like that, which obviously worked out great for him. And now he owns you know a, a small part of the Dodgers. And I'm get, does he own a small part of the Lakers too, or no, Ryan? Not know? anymore. He like, had to sell it. Yeah. Okay, but he had, but he, it was only a, a small, small. It was about five percent at the time. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So man, he's he. he Magic's more all over. Like Jordan, just kind of like he's just he's just floating off that Nike money, really. But I mean, maybe it's, so. It's, it depends if you're going on money or you're going by like business acumen. I would say, yeah, Magic's got better business acumen, but Jordan, I mean, yeah, his money's his money his money's long, like Jordan, like they say, man. That's it. Is that is that how you say that word acumen? Because I always say acumen. 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 Hey, hey, if you say Rachel Dolazel instead hey. of Dolazel, then I can <laughs> say acumen. Hey, I'm I mean, asking for acumen. clarification. I wasn't making fun of you because I figure I probably have been. How the kids going to learn? So. How the kids going to learn? Look, if look, correct. Man, I'm going to take my Cadillac convertible <laughs> and I'm getting up out of this conversation. <laughs> so, Ryan, I think, what about you? Because you said you stepped into that conversation initially, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, what you said was probably the best way to sum it up. You said whether or not. Uh, you would ask them to help you to uh, start a business. Would you go to Jordan or would you go to Magic? And I oh, think Jordan. Magic Magic would definitely be the one I would choose if you're going to build something from the ground up. Because I think, uh, like Paul said, Jordan has been floating along on the Nike money and his persona of just being Jordan and being the greatest. So uh, that's kind of put a lot of money in his pockets. But Magic, on the other hand, he's been building. I mean, he had a what well, he had a lifetime contract for twenty five million, right? Yeah. Was that his deal? And then he's had to uh, accumulate a billion dollars now just off, uh, you know, his own doing things because he's not selling shoes or anything like that. Has he ever had shoes? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, the Converse back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. On, man, come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. It feels back like in the like 70s, that. bro. I wasn't wearing no Converse. Was I don't think that, Magic you don't is remember worth those a billion, magics? though, bro. I think we yeah, just I looked it up. I just looked it up. I don't see him on the list of From black From what I saw, his, his he, estimated net worth is like $500 million. 
This is 2018. It says, as a businessman, he has Magic Johnson Enterprises, which has a net worth value of $1 billion. Right. His business might be worth a billion. Yeah, but, but he's not he's the sole owner. Yeah, he's yeah. not the sole owner. They got a lot of... Uh, you know, assets and liabilities. Okay, here we go. Uh, Magic Johnson net worth currently six hundred million. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so MJ is like double that. Yeah. And he uh, he says he he has uh, enterprise. His enterprise includes partners, uh, AMC Theaters, Starbucks, TGI, uh, Burger King, and many others. I thought he had some Krispy Kreme at one one point in time, but uh, maybe that's not the case anymore. Ryan, yeah. have I, it, no, Ish. So, Ryan, I know you've seen it, but Ish, have you ever seen the video of Michael Jordan, like from last year, where he was at the North Carolina Tar Heel game and he came out at halftime? To... No, I don't think so. <laughs> Why was that? So, this is how Michael Jordan be floating, man. So, this dude came to the game. This is like, a, I think it was like the North Carolina Duke game. So, that at halftime, they called him out there to like kind of like cheer the team on. So, he got on the microphone and the man was, was clearly lit beyond belief. <laughs> So he came out there and said the 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 the, the sky is uh, the the sky is the roof. I think is what he said in the in the quote. That's how drunk he was. Yo, nice. he, he was like trying to encourage him. He was like he was like the sky is the roof, and then he just walked off and dropped the mic. <laughs> dropped the mic. And so they, of course, and so they started making shirts like you know Nike started making some North Carolina Tar Heel shirt that said the sky is the roof or whatever like that. So I mean, this dude becoming lit to to college games and stuff like that. So I, you know, I think. I think Magic, you know, probably, probably, probably doesn't drink anymore. It probably hasn't no, drunk in a long, long no time. Way. So I think, I think he's keeping this, you know, facility. So I think he's, I think it shows you just a little bit more. He's a little bit more serious minded. Jordan's just, he's just cashing those checks and he ain't caring, man. He's just, he's just living the good life, man. I don't even think, I don't even know how many Charlotte Hornets. You heard what he Charles Oakley to. said. You heard what Charles Oakley said. They always tell him, drink. Tell him. Man. He always yeah. drink. Yeah, man, he got a cigar. He got a cigar. He got he got he got a, a fine like a, a Spanish lady, a, a brown delegation member on his arm, and he just he just living the life, drinking, gambling, and smoking. Man, ain't, ain't thinking about nothing, none of this business stuff. Man, just whatever the money, the checks are coming in. Man, he's good. Yo, shout out but. to Michael Jordan jeans because his jeans are always <laughs> like twelve <laughs> sizes too big, bro. No, <laughs> he got the baggy joints. Always, he should have. If he would have sold those. You know, like Rockaware did back in the mid nineties, <laughs> he would be worth like two point five billion now. <laughs> Man, I, 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 you know, like, hey, I, I, you know, yeah, we all gotta adjust our fashion. My MJ is like, hey, whatever was whatever was comfortable for me in like two, say nineteen ninety seven, I'm, yep. I'm cool. I'm just gonna ride with that <laughs> until Rockaway. I die. And that's what he's doing. He's just riding with that fashion sense. The the the, the suits, the, the big suits, everything. He's like, I'm just I'm just sticking with this to the grave, man. <laughs> so. Hey, whatever He's works. Cool, man. But yeah, whatever the, works. The pants are a little, little bag. <laughs> hey, when you Jordan, though, you can wear whatever you want. Yep. You man, what? You can. Yeah, you can. He, he... Look, I don't even know how many. I, I want to know how. Like, I live in Charlotte. I legit don't know how many Hornets games he he comes to. I I'd be shocked if it's more than if there's forty two home games, forty one home games a year. Man, I'd be shocked if he comes to more than ten or twenty. Man, I just I can't imagine. He probably he probably down in 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 Vegas or Miami gambling or you know somewhere across the world. Like, I'm Man, sure he's not he here in just Charlotte signed Tony Parker, so clearly he's at the top of his he's game. He's going to be at bro. every game now. He's <laughs> on top of his game, bro. And he brought hey. Mitch He brought Mitch, Cup, Mitch Kupchak out of retirement. Dude is 80 years old. Like, here, you can I, run the franchise. Ryan, what have I told you about the Hornets? They always bring in people that are way past their prime. <laughs> every, everybody, everybody that you ever thought was that, that you thought could have been good, like three years before, like that's who the Hornets signed, always. 
basically. Always. And so, that, yeah, Tony Parker, they, they looked at them and like, oh, Tony Parker's available? Is this is this 2008? Okay, let's sign him. <laughs> and that's what they did. That's what they always do, man. Ten years too late. Ten years too late. All right. Sorry, so let's move on to the next topic. This is uh, Ishmael's uh, a, a, a real-life prison break. Real-life Ishmael, prison. go ahead and tell us about this story. Yo, this is the dopest story ever, man. Yeah, so this story, and this is a little break. A lot of times we talk about black stories. I really don't think there's any black people involved in this story, but it's a dope oh, story anyway. So the link, which we'll have in the show notes, is from CNN. This is a uh, gentleman named... Redwine Faid, and <laughs> don't know if I said that right. Probably said it wrong. Please uh, don't come and murder me the next time you get out of jail. So basically, this guy was in prison five years ago, and he blasted his way out with explosives. Nice prison break. Got out of jail. They caught him. He ended up um, escaping again. How did he escape? Second time, he hijacked, or he had his homies hijack a helicopter, and then they picked him up from the roof or from one of the windows of the prison. He got caught again, but Mr. Faid was not deterred. Uh, Just as recently, I think about a week ago, he had two or three homies again hijack a helicopter, they forced their way, or they forced the pilot to fly to his prison uh, near Paris. And once again, he got broke out of jail. Three times this man has escaped from prison, twice with a helicopter. And as I dug for more in this story, because I'm like, man, how do, like, how do you escape from prison in a helicopter? Like the, the coordination that's needed to plan that type of heist in 2018, especially, is just crazy. But this is not the first time that that's happened in France. There was another guy named Pascal Payette. Don't know if I'm saying that right, probably not. But he used a helicopter for three separate prison escapes back in the day. <laughs> I think the most recent one was like 2001 or 2007, actually. So, what's up with France? And people escaping from prison in helicopters, number one. And then number two, if y'all got locked up, and of course the chances of being black and brown people, chances are, are pretty decent, how would you escape from prison? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you go first, Ron, on this one. Okay, okay. First off, France's air defense system is trash. There's no way that many times should a helicopter be able to fly onto your property, take a dude off the, out the prison, and just fly back out. You either need to have a fence over the top of that joint, something. You need to have some kind of a gunner in a tower somewhere so you can just shoot him down. You got to have something. You can't just let people be flying in and flying out like it's a McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Trash. Would I break out of prison? Yes, because the booty warrior is real. <laughs> Ain't no way I'm ever staying in a prison for any amount of time. The second you give me more than more than uh, how long could I probably do? Uh, anything over five years, I'm break. I'm trying to break out every year, every year, every day. Once we get to five, I'm trying to break out every year. Once I realize I can't appeal, I can't do nothing. Oh no, we breaking out. And I'm doing it like Michael Schofield. I'm getting all these different characters together. I'm going to have a plan. We're going to dig through the wall. We're going to go out uh, on the lunch truck. We're going to do whatever. We're going to hide in the trash cans. Whatever we got to do, we're going to get out of there. I'm going to find one way or another to get out of prison. Are, are you going to get the full body tattoo, though, like uh, Schofield had in Prison Break? 
whatever like, I got to do. Whatever I got to do. Yes, I do. So, so Ryan is getting a, a full body prison tattoo, which yep. they use like the big pen. I think they use like a little knife uh, out from the kitchen. So, all you right. know what? I got I got a hide mine. I'm just gonna do mine on my belly. I got enough. <laughs> I'll just do it just on my stomach. So you know, so I won't get a whole bunch of questions about my arms and stuff. I just have it on my belly. All right. What about yeah, man, you, for, Paul? Man, for me, first of all, like, like. I think it's just crazy, like, you know, in America, we think, like, these prison breaks, like, you know, if it's a prison break, it's like, you know, okay, dudes, like, you know, put a knife up to one of the guards and, you know, got some keys and, you know, made made an escape for it, but they usually caught pretty quick, you know, that's that's usually how it goes in the United States, but these kind of elaborate, you know, these, like, James Bond, you know, you know, uh, Jason Bourne type prison escapes, you think, like, okay, these never really happen, but yeah, they do happen, usually in, in Europe, man, uh, so, like, I it's not too surprising. I imagine like the security is set up pretty lax in France. Uh, I know like reading about Germany and like Germans prison, Germany's prison system, basically like, it's just like an honor system. Like a lot of, like for the, the, the hardest criminals, like those, you know, they're locked up like, like American prison. But for a lot of other dudes, like, like it's just like come and go as you please. They're kind of like on honor system, like check in at a certain hour and just stay in your room and you can go do things at night, you know, in the day and stuff like that. But that's, that's how prison works there. So, and I've heard about other like prison escapes. Like, there's really a dope story if you like want to get into it. Like, there's a there's a German like there was like a uh, like German like basically like a communist organization. They were called the Red, Red Army Faction. Like back in the 70s and 80s, and they did a bunch of prison escapes. And these were like the top like criminals in the entire country or something like that. And they broke out of prison. It's like how did they? And they they like hijacked jets and all the hijacked planes to to force them their, their people to get out of prison and stuff like that all this crazy stuff so there's some really interesting like you know prison escape stories out of Europe in the last like 20 30 years uh, this dude is actually Algerian so he's technically African so he is part of the brown delegation or black delegation i just want to point that out now how would i escape from prison First of all, the one thing I'm telling you I'm not going to do, I ain't crawling to no sewer like my man Andy Dufresne <laughs> in uh, Shawshank Redemption. That is one thing I'm not doing. Like that dude, like I, I felt like in that movie, they, in the, that movie is great. I, it comes on all the damn time. But there is one thing I would not be doing, and that, that was going through no sewage tunnel through through a 300 mile uh, through a mile of poop to get 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 to freedom. I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm staying another 20 years, man. I'm good. Yeah. But how I would yeah, get out? Sign me up. How I would get out is I was reading. I was reading about. Uh, I think it was Ted Bundy. Uh, Ted Bundy, a famous serial killer, uh, but he, uh, he escaped from prison like once or twice, man. And I think the s- second time he escaped from prison, he actually hid in like a laundry, like, like I guess they had laundry sent out, you know, weekly or daily or something like that from the prison. And somehow he was able to hide un- in the laundry hamper way down at the bottom of that and basically just got pushed onto the, the, the you know, the, 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 the truck, taking the laundry to get, get sent out. And that's how he broke out of prison. So I think that would be the easiest for me, but definitely not doing the Shawshank Redemption route. That's I'm I'm cool with all of that. Now, Paul, if or this for both of y'all. So let's say I got locked up, and you know I hit you up either from you know either I got a jail phone smuggled in or maybe I just called you collect. And I'm like, yo, (laughs) I'm locked up. I need y'all to get the chopper, or I need y'all to get a bulldozer. Are y'all coming to ride for your boy? Are y'all helping me get out? I'm putting $20 on your commissary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to send you a box of Newports once a month. That's, that's the best I can do for you, bro. <laughs> right, right. I definitely put some money on your books, man. But like I told you, the booty warrior is real. 
and I ain't having it, dog. So ain't I ain't doing nothing to get myself put in jail. No, I do everything I, I can to hey, get out, but I ain't doing nothing to get put in. Hey, real talk, the booty warrior's out of jail now. Like he's been released. Oh, so. it's for real. Wow. So. Hey, do y'all remember when we were on the old group chat and we were and I, and I put the clip of the real booty warrior and, and Ish thought it was always like just something from the booty. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he thought it was. A, I remember Ish was like, oh, I thought it yeah. was a joke. I was like, Nah, man, that dude's real. That dude. From those uh, what, what were those? What were those? Those uh, was it prison locked up? Locked up, right? That's what, yeah, what MSNBC up. locked up, man. Oh yeah, that I remember the first time I saw that booty warrior dude. I was like, Nah, man, I can't. I can't go to prison. I, I mean, no, I I wouldn't last five minutes in prison because I, I I see I see these these uh these uh this this baby smooth skin right here and these boyish good looks. I, I wouldn't last five minutes. <laughs> booty war would be all over me, man. So I, no, I can't I can't go to prison, man. I'm I'm walking straight and narrow, and I'm definitely not breaking each out because I don't want to be in there with the booty warrior. <laughs> well, 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 luckily, my method for prison escape. Would not need y'all, you know, because I figure that neither y'all are really ride or die homies, and y'all not gonna help me <laughs> get out. You gotta now, let number G, one. I would, you know, try to collect any little spoons or forks, anything I can make to a prison shank, or anything I can make to try to dig out of walls, just in case plan number one doesn't work. But the way I feel like I'm gonna do it is I'm gonna try to outsmart the prison folks, and you see it happen from time to time where somebody gets a change of clothes and they convince the jail that they're, you know, uh, employee, a contractor or something like that. Well, the way I'm going to do it, and of course it requires access to a phone, so I'm going to have to get somebody to smuggle me in a phone. So all I got is time on my hands. So while I got my phone, I'm going to set up a website. And I'm going to set up a website that looks like maybe the prison website or something like that. You know, just set up one of those dummy sites that's just, it might be, stlouisprison.com and I'm going to set up stlouisrealprison.com or stlouisprison1.com or something like that. It's a hey, little dummy You're about dummy to do site. all this HTML5 on your phone. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. Man, do you know about right. technology? Squarespace. You set up websites on your phone, man. Squarespace. So I'm going to set right. this up. I'm going to set up a little fake email account and this has actually happened before to where somebody set up a dummy site they sent an email from the dummy site because it wasn't. They're not sending an email from Hotmail.com. They send the one that looks legit. You send that to whoever, the warden, and to the people. And if they fall for it, boom, you good. And we, how many times have we seen in recent history where, like, the president, his people, get an email from somebody fake and they think that it's legitimate, or some politician gets an email from some pranksters, and they think it's legitimate. So I'm going electronic with it. I'm gonna try to try to hustle my way electronically. That way, I don't. I'm not crawling through poop like you was talking about, Paul. I'm not trying to dig out a wall for 30 years. I'm gonna just try to. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna find the forgery guy. Me and the forgery guy gonna get cool, and we walking out of there in broad daylight. Now I'm telling you right now, if me and Ishmael get locked up together, oh, we getting out. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed. That the, <laughs> I'm out. disappointed that when the black delegation did not come with the great idea to, to, to basically do the, the the Nick Cage John Travolta face off with a white guy and then just walk about a prison because they probably just let the white guy out, but they won't let you out. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. So I'm disappointed y'all couldn't do that. Y'all couldn't come with something like that. That's that because that would be a great idea. Y'all figure out some kind of you know get get smuggle in some kind of like you know world renowned plastic surgeon, 
uh, get the face off with somebody that looks like Justin Bieber, and you just walk out of prison. You'd be straight, man. You'd be good to go. I don't even think you got to do that. And actually, I thought about that. That was like my runner-up. I was like, I'm going to just <laughs> take all the mayonnaise and tartar sauce, and I'm going to make a paste, a white paste, and put it on my skin and try to <laughs> Why do it look like white way. chicks? But I think, <laughs> right, exactly. But I think the the better thing, like if I have to go Debo with it, if, if none of my, my other things are working, I feel like if you have to try to Debo your way out, you know, people try to take a hostage. I saw one attempt where somebody had, uh, I think it was like mangoes, but they painted them to look like grenades. And so mm. they like threatened, like, hey, I'm going to blow everybody up unless you don't let me out. And they got out that way. Of course, they were caught soon thereafter. But problem is getting I feel the right. Like if you're going to hijack somebody, you can't hijack a black dude. Like, I can't grab you, Ryan, and be like, hey, let me out or I'm killing him. Yeah, They're they like, they just going to shoot both of us. So right. <laughs> if you got to hijack somebody, you're going to have to get, get somebody, get one of your partners. I'm not talking about uh, assaulting white people, but you have a white buddy. You say, listen, I'm about to get us out of here. Let me take you as a hostage because they're not going to shoot him. They're going to try to protect him. They're going to negotiate. But if it's two black dudes, if it's a black and a brown dude, it's a wrap. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll take my chances with a ragtag team that I put together. All right. Well, speaking of ragtag teams, let's talk about this, uh, what I like to call AAU Raw. You You heard of WWE Raw. But let's talk about AAU Raw. This uh, looks like this happened uh, on the 8th. At least this article is from Yahoo. Uh, July 8th, there was a an AAU basketball tournament between the RAW Raw Athletics, which is a team from Chicago, and the Houston Raptors. In, um, they were playing in Atlanta on Sunday morning, it says, and uh, uh, things went awry, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some kind of way. If you if you look at the the uh, the Twitter video, uh, why did the basketball team jump the referee? Jump the referee, all out brawl. Uh, apparently, they did not like his calls. Uh, this brother was uh, was taking some blows from a couple of players. Uh, they were jumping on him. Uh, he took his shirt off. <laughs> he was so serious about it. This brother thought it was a good idea to take his shirt off and fight. And uh, yeah, so that's that's that story. And he took an L. <laughs> More importantly, he took a, a serious L right there. But yeah, he was he he wasn't having it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I found and, the story. I found the story online. I, I, somebody just posted on Twitter. I saw. I caught on the timeline. But I, you know, it, you don't really know exactly what's going on. You can't really tell exactly what transpired from the video. But apparently, one team it was it was kind of looked like it was a little late. One team was up by a decent amount, but there was still some time left. It looked like. I'm not sure what kind of calls were called, but anyway, the, 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 the players, when the video comes on, the players are basically kind of already on this dude, the ref. And so at first it kind of settles down, but then the ref just won't let it go, man. So he just he's just hype over there and then rips his shirt off. I'm sure Ish will put this in the show notes. Yeah, Rips his shirt off and they just he just keeps going. But then like in the next video, like the, the, the ref is just getting 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 wallowed by like seven, eight dudes, man. Seven, eight teenagers. Man, that's bad enough you're getting beat about one teenager, but you're getting beat by like seven, eight teenagers. And you got the ref uniform on. That's that's a huge L, man. You, he he got to know better. Like, hey, man, just I got to extricate myself from this situation right here. Well, I feel like, and keep in mind, if this is AAU basketball, 
These are teenagers. I don't know what age range, but these look like, you know, maybe 17, 18, somewhere, 16 to 18, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So who knows the full story of what happened? Clearly, the team was upset with some of the calls that this guy was making. The coach says that the referee ran up on the players. Some other people say that the players started the altercation. And in an ideal world, I'm thinking if I'm a referee, if I'm an official for AU basketball, some players get up in my face, they're going to talk stuff, whatever, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to be the bigger man. Even, I feel like even if a player puts his hands on me, like we get into this altercation, 16, 17-year-old kid just swings on me, hits me, I would hope that I have the wherewithal, that I have the maturity to say, you know what, this is a kid, I'm not even, I might grab him so he can't hit me no more, but I'm hoping that I can walk away from the situation. But what if you did, and then the second you did that, then your daddy ran from the other court, and he got into it too, which is what happened in this story. Well, what I was going to say, allegedly, (laughs) is where my limit is, and where the, the first clip that I saw starts, is... The referee had gotten, I don't know, pushed or whatever onto the ground. And then they started stomping him. It was three players and they stomping him. And I'm sorry. I don't care how old you are. Once your foot goes onto my head, you become an adult. (laughs) So I I, I feel the referee. Y'all said, why did he take his shirt off? I think the other referees were trying to hold him, saying, calm down. And he did one of them slick moves kids do a lot of times where, oh, um, you you grabbed me, but you grabbed my shirt. Now I'm going to dip out. And now I'm just shirtless. So I I feel the referee, man. I feel bad for him because he definitely caught like 18 L's. He didn't catch one L. He (laughs) he caught a lot of L's. But I ride with him, man. You stomp on me, bro, we got to fight. And we got to fight either till I die or till somebody pull one of us off. I'm sorry. All this tells me that, man, like like I know – talking to people like being a like a coach a volunteer coach for like say like a like a you know like a rec league basketball team or sports team any any sports team is just a thankless job they always talk about like how the, the other parents complain about this and that you know not playing this kid enough or doing this or something like that i can only imagine how bad being a referee for like right. amateur athletics is because then you haven't not only are you having to hear it from the parents just like the coaches are but you know nobody and then the team even the team don't like you either because you're just the ref so like i can't imagine the amount of abuse that like a like a uh, amateur referee would have to hear like so okay let me ask you guys what's what's the worst y'all ever heard said to a referee whatever what's the worst y'all have ever said to a ref in a game because i know ish i know you hooped in high school and Ron, and, and overseas, Ish probably cursing in English to dudes in, in Mexico. <laughs> I still want to hear these stories. I still haven't heard these stories all these all these podcasts later. But I need to get into that another day. Uh, yeah, but what, d- what's the worst y'all ever said to a referee? Heard said to a referee. We, we definitely need G on this show. This this is the episode for him. And G is probably the uh, worst offender that I've seen. <laughs> right. I will say that this is not recently. He's he's calmed down. A lot over the past couple of years, but back in the day, man, G would go off on officials just, just crazy. I mean, talk about him just like a dirty dog. Um, and so, I, like I said, I've seen him get kicked out of games from middle school games all the way through <laughs> high school and beyond, or even probably before middle school. Like he just always has been like that. And he has more stories. Just now with him being a coach, he has more stories of seeing parents 
fighting or parents getting into it on the sidelines and all of that. So it's just crazy. I think that people look at professional athletes and they got those type of aspirations for their kids. And so anything that they feel is going to prevent their kid, they're like, hey, you got that call wrong. My kid ain't about to get get to the NBA. And now they want to fight. So it's crazy. Parents need to chill. You need to calm down. Quit trying to fight each other. Quit trying to fight the coach. Quit trying to fight the ref. But in this situation, this is players. And as a player, I mean, you got to have more sense, man. Give us one good story from Mexico. I want to hear one good referee banking from Mexico. Come on, man. Give us something. I had no beef with the referees in Mexico, man. He was man, averaging like away. 50. They're not going <laughs> to say nothing to him. Right. He had no problem with that. He was getting all the calls. They thought he was, he was Jordan. At least that's how the stories were told to me. I don't know. Um, I don't know what exactly a referee could say to me. At any point in time where I'm just like, look, not only do I have to steal on you, I got to get all my teammates involved in this as well. Um, maybe, well, now these are from, these teams are from other areas. So it's not like they had a prior beef or anything like that where they knew the dude or he was talking to their mama or something like that. Cause that's what it seemed like. Like there was some personal something going on. But nah, man, I mean, was your toe on the line? Did they call three seconds? Was it a, a charge call that you thought, you know, it should it shouldn't have been a charge? I don't I don't really know what could have happened, man. But you know, I've uh, never been in a situation where I was that upset about a foul call <laughs> ever. Right. I wish y'all preface this with like, hey, at least in America, this this is pretty rare and out and like kind of outrageous. But like in other countries, in soccer, I know I know I've read stories about like in Brazil where they basically like like I, I think there was one story in Brazil like a couple of years ago where they actually just killed a referee. Like they just killed him right there on the field because he made a, call, a bad call that, that, that they didn't like. This was like a low level like you know semi pro type soccer of you know soccer team or whatever like that but they, they he they killed him right there on the field man which is like that is crazy right that's that's something we couldn't even imagine in this country man i don't know i think it probably happens in america too i mean not not killing but we have a lot of terrible stuff happening in america that just kind oh, of oh i know I, I know so Ryan, do you remember the? Do you remember at the the old field house on campus when I, I know there were multiple times when dudes were like, "I'm gonna go get the strap," <laughs> and the whole gym would clear out because I would sit over there and they would they would they would talk. Somebody would be like, "Man, I'm going to get the strap," and you'd be like, "Oh man!" Like uh, it never happened out. in any games I was I was involved in. So, but I mean, I would hear people say stuff like that. I don't think those were ever people that was. Supposed to they, be on campus though. They weren't supposed to be. Yeah, that, that was the problem. Yeah. It, it was dudes that weren't just you know dudes wanted to hoop, and that was the a place to, to get a good lot of good burn. And it was uh, yeah. and it was and it was indoor, so you know it wasn't like you were outside in the hot sun all day long. So you go in there and you know stay cool and stuff like that. But there were there were some there were definitely some thugs up there that liked to hoop, and uh, there were definitely some stories about hey they're gonna go get some straps. And I definitely saw one wild fight between a dude, just like a, a city kid and like a, a big football player. And there was some broom swinging involved, and it was really funny, but it was also kind of scary at the same time. So, yeah, I've seen some some crazy stuff on the court back in my day. Yeah, um, definitely that. I mean, you know, we had that situation at uh, our gym that time, uh, ish with uh, Quan, rest in peace. But uh, yeah, dude was out there, and he was about to get jumped by about fifteen little kids. <laughs> so, you know, I guess it just depends on your demeanor, man. You know, you had to try to talk everybody down. Like, look, we don't we don't have to shoot nobody right now. We just hooping. And uh, we can all go home tonight, but, uh, you know, people got to keep their cool under situations like that, man. It ain't worth it. When it's all said and done, you you sitting there and you telling the cops what happened. 
I'm sure that story gonna sound real stupid. Right, man. He was he traveled. He took three steps. <laughs> he said he didn't take three steps. Man, I don't right. play that. <laughs> like, right. what? What are you talking he called, about? He, he told me to get out of his face. It'd just be something stupid, man. You know. Right. Also, man, hey, but this it, this this happens every day. Like in Memphis, a few years ago, at a at a at a at a gym, like a like a like a you know like a anytime fitness or you know one of, like a lifetime fitness, one of those type you know like you know national type gyms, like a, a dude just. They, were, they, were, they had a basketball court in there. Dudes, ho- dudes were hooping. Dude got upset, went to the car, got his pistol, came walk right back in, knew the cameras on him and everything like that, and just, just unloaded and killed the dude right there right there in the gym, man. It's like in a paid gym. Like not not like, hey, I'm just out you know, on street 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 ball court, you know, you know, nobody knows who I am. This is all on tape and everything like that, man. Just I can promise you, there, I can promise you that dude couldn't hoop. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know you can't hoop when you go to the car to get the strap. Man, you trash. You can't play. But, uh, and, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so, but bringing it back to this story, man, the, the last thing I do want to say, and, you know, I said I would be banging with the kids if they stomp me, but if you're a referee, if you're an official, like basketball is probably the wrong sport to be trying to bang with players because basketball players are so athletic. I mean, you got cats that are tall, that could jump. They, You know they're strong. You know, if I'm a if I'm a fight some kids as an official, I'm a fight like the chess club. Like I'm be like, what? I said that was a violation. Like I'm ready to fight the chess club members. Basketball, the football players, them cats are in their athletic prime. It's probably that's a no win situation for you. The ref looked like the ref looked like he was in good shape. He looked like he played some hoop because he was he was tall, lanky, and, and slim. But I mean, yeah, but it's it's seven on one, man. You're gonna, you're gonna take that L, man. Those those eighteen L's, whatever he took, man. But yeah, yeah, you're right, man. These these dudes are too athletic. These young kids, they got they got too much testosterone, man. You can't. This dude, I don't know how old he was. His hairline looked like he was eighty. So. <laughs> <laughs> he he didn't look that old. He probably was in his mid twenties or th- early thirties. But his hairline looked like like he you know he had the he had the uh, the, the little W going on up there at the top. So, like, yeah, his hairline looked very weak, but uh, he looked he looked like he was in good shape, man. He could probably get a handle if it was one on one, but yeah, seven on one, you're gonna lose that, man. Yeah, every time. Man. Give me the ping pong kids any day. I'm disappointed we're no big Mexican brawls, man. Not one Mexican brawl all that time you're down there. Not one Mexican basketball no, ball. Man. Come on, man. All love in Mexico, man. All love in Mexico. All right, fellas. So we gonna we gonna wrap it up there. Uh, that's all we got. That's all she wrote. Uh, let's see. Ishmael, where can they find us? You can find the Black Delegates podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Black Delegates. There's an underscore between Black and Delegates. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at the Black Ryan. You can follow me at yep. Ish Creates. Uh, you can also listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Paul, if people want to help out the podcast, what do they need to do? Subscribe on any of your whatever your preferred podcast channel is, or a way to get podcasts. Whether it's Stitcher, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, whether it's Google Podcasts, whatever you got, uh, subscribe and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe. That's what you do. <laughs> subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Do that a million times. We're gonna we're gonna zoom up the charts. Hey, that's that's what you gotta do, baby. Yo, All right. Shout out to uh, Lauren. Was it Lauren Richardson, I think, from the... Uh, Laurentia. Yeah, Laurentia. Yeah, shout out to I'll her. I'll probably take her name out. She, Can I take been, it? Do I need to do that? Well, I was talking about the name from the actual comments. But anyway, okay. shout out to Ryan's 
a church member who has been blowing up the podcast <laughs> comments. I guess she is a late comer to the Black Delegates podcast. And if she's been going listening to the episode, she's leaving comments on Podbean. So leave comments yep. on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever. Uh, like, rate, share, all of that stuff. But shout out to Ryan's church member because she is definitely a big fan. Yep. All right. So I guess uh, parting words for the show would be, oh, do we have a, I guess uh, before I do that, do we have a, a black business, a podcast that you want to shout out? I do not have one this week, and we've been so long that eh. okay, we'll come back All to right. it next week. All right, cool. Well, moral of the story this week is uh, if you can't hoop, don't shoot up the spot. It really ain't going to make your game no better. Peace. Peace.